ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here in The Truth, back with another MLB weekly show. I hope you guys are excited for another weekly edition uh, here of Major League Baseball as we get you guys prepared for the upcoming week with all teams as well as recapping the past week and seeing um, kind of what teams had some success, what teams not and go from there starting things off with the los angeles dodgers they're 64 and 46 six and three in their last 10 contests had a three-game series at uh, versus oakland where they swept them and then they've been continuing a four-game set at san diego where they have won two out of three and are currently winning in that final game there for the dodgers they've been playing better baseball it said in last week's show that they really needed to focus on the oakland series to kind of rebound they were kind of going through a little bit of a struggle phase and then San Diego is also hot, so going into Petco Park and at the moment taking three or four games is huge for them. They have another big division series coming up as they take on at Arizona for two as well as Colorado for four. So playing inside the division, they're currently first in the NL West right now, and I think moving forward they're putting themselves in a good position. gonson has been struggling a little bit, same with Bobby Miller. Um, their bullpen's been doing better. Their bats have definitely been clicking, especially today. So it's been a good uh, week, really, for the Dodgers, and they're hoping to continue to stay on track there and then have more successes down the line. Yeah, they're pitching, uh, especially Lance Lynn, one of the guys that they uh, acquired at the trade deadline. Uh, so far in his two starts, he's 2-0, and the 2.77 ERA, 13 innings, four earned runs off of four home runs with 13 strikeouts. So we know a lot about Lance Lynn already. He's going to be a home run or strikeout type of guy. It's just how he pitches. Uh, Gonsolin outside of today's outing, uh, his first outing of the week, five innings, one on run off a home run, three strikeouts, got the win there. Urias had a really good start, uh, probably his best start so far this year. Uh, five innings, five strikeouts. Uh, Yarborough uh, made his Dodgers debut going four and a third. Out of the pen, one home run, three strikeouts. Just overall, pitching's been better uh, than it has before. Emmett Shaheen hasn't given up five runs. It seems like he has been the last couple of outings. Bobby Miller was decent. Uh, as well, and then Freddie Freeman's been absolutely blazing hot since uh, since this past month, month and a half. I believe he's hitting right around 500. His last six games, uh, he has 13 hits, eight runs, five doubles, two home runs, seven RBIs, three stolen bags, hitting 500 exactly. Mookie Betts had three home runs, uh, four home runs if you include the one today, uh, which was a grand slam. Uh, seven RBIs, three doubles, ten runs himself. The offense is really clicking. Uh, like you mentioned in that uh, A series, be able to start going, and the offense has gone from there. A team that has definitely been struggling as of late is the Arizona Diamondbacks, starting a six-game losing streak, fifty-seven and fifty-six, two and eight in their last ten. Had a three-game series at San Francisco, they got swept. Had a three-game series at Minnesota, they got swept as well. For the Diamondbacks, it's just been a struggle. I mean, their pitching hasn't been um, great, really. Their bats have not been great. The bats have definitely been killing them as of late. And the Diamondbacks are slowly slipping out of the wild card, it seems like. They're currently only a game and a half back, but they were in the wild card position, obviously. And now they're sitting a game and a half back. They got the Padres that are three games back and Marlins that are half game back. So they really got to turn around. They were buyers to the trade deadline, so it kind of sucks to see them have a little bit of not successes, you know, getting guys like Paul Sewell, who blew a save in his first outing there. Uh, they made us some other noises as well. And for... The Diamondbacks, like I said, they've just been doing some injuries. Cattell Marte left the game against the Twins. He's considered day-to-day. Their pitching hasn't been great. Zach Gallon actually pitched really well, though, yesterday for the Diamondbacks, and they had relatively good success, Lourdes Gurriel, too. But six games in a row, losing, and especially towards this time of the year, it definitely is not great. So 
having something to look forward to for the Diamondbacks, nothing much. They got the uh, the Dodgers at home coming up for a series. So they got to really turn around soon before this kind of comes out of reach. Not saying that it's out of reach just yet because they're still a really talented team, but they really got to turn around and find some more successes and hope their guys that they bought at the trade deadline end up heading out for them. Yeah, their trade deadline, they were buyers definitely, and we haven't seen that from them uh, being 0-6 from since the trade deadline. Uh, Gallon in his two starts, you mentioned he did have one good start, and then the other start was a little bit more rough. Uh, no decision on both of those, 13 innings, five earned runs, two hit by pitches, and three walks, which is a little bit out, uh, out of normal for Gallon. We usually see him, he's very good with his control. Uh, did have 14 strikeouts in that time. Uh, offensively, he's also done, gone pretty quiet. I mean, guys like Corbin Carroll, he's still doing decent. I mean, he had three stolen bags, three walks to three strikeouts, a double, but only one run, one RBI in the last six games. Uh, Loris Gurriel had three home runs, four RBIs, two runs, uh, sorry, two doubles, five runs, and that time hitting 409. But outside of that, a lot of guys have gone cold, and it isn't the best time for them to go cold. They didn't pick up a lot of, of offense, I believe, in Tread Island. They went more the pitching route, which is what we both talked about is what they needed uh, just because of how well they were hitting. I mean, Cattell Marte is one for his last 20, which was a home run, hitting .05. Uh, just overall, this offense has gone cold. Pitching has been decent, but when you aren't scoring runs, you aren't going to win many games. The Orioles have been playing great baseball. They're first in the AL East. They're 70 and 42, 8 and 2 in their last 10. Had a three game set at division rival, the Toronto Blue Jays. Won three games there. Then they took on the New York Mets at home, swept them there. For the Orioles, again, they were a team that we're seeing if we're going to make some noise. They ended up getting a guy, especially in the rotation like Jack Flaherty, which had a really good start. I believe it was eight Ks through six innings in his, his debut for the Orioles. So good to see there. They're getting some more help there on the pitching side of things. I Like I said, every week I feel like the Orioles' biggest flaw is their starting pitching. They have a really talented team in itself, obviously, in the bullpen and batting. Santander, O'Hearn, uh, Rutschman seem like they're hitting home runs every game at this point. So having success in the offensive side is huge, but getting some solid rotation depth is also something that needs to be productive for the Orioles. But their pitching has been phenomenal for them. They shut out the Mets uh, in two of the three games, this, or only one game in the series, but they had a lot of close um, affairs as far as uh, losing to Toronto 4-1. to which is something that is, is not necessarily a big deal, but just shows that the pitching was successful. 13 runs against Toronto, 10 against the Mets. They're a really high-producing volume offensive team, and they need to continue that moving forward, especially with the pitching that they have coming up. Yeah, the pitching, we both agree, is going to be the what's going to make or break this team. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez had a solid start overall in his last one. He did get the loss, but five and two-thirds, three on runs, six strikeouts. Uh, Jack Flaherty made his uh, season debut after the trade to, after the trade to Baltimore. He was one and zero, six innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts, two Ks. Kyle Bradish in his two starts, eleven two thirds, three earned runs, two home runs, six walks, one hit by pitch, twelve strikeouts in his two games. And Gibson had a really good start, going seven innings, getting the win, three earned runs, one home run with nine strikeouts. So their pitching can do that, like you mentioned. This offense has a lot of firepower. Uh, so they can keep games relatively low around the three. Oh, if the pitchers can average right on a three ERA as a staff, even four, uh, just for how good this offense is, they're going to win many games. Uh, Mount Castle uh, this past week came 545. Uh, no home runs with three RBIs, two doubles, five runs. Stolen back. Stolen back. Adley's hitting 333, six RBIs, two runs. Sorry, two doubles, three runs. Uh, three walks to one strikeout. Overall, Gunnar Henderson, two home runs, two doubles for himself. They've been really, they've been hanging 
uh, a lot recently. Westbrook has had his best week since getting called up. Santander has two home runs for himself. Just overall, the younger some of the other younger call-ups, like Kowser, hasn't made much of an impact. But the guys who they already have up have been doing well. Next team up, we got the Chicago Cubs, who are 58-54 and 54 on the year 7-3 and three in their last 10 contests. Chicago Cubs had a good week as well, especially on the offensive side of things, sweeping Cincinnati at home, winning 20-9, 16-6 in their first two games. Then they played the Braves at home. They took 2-3 there. The last game against the Braves, they won 6-4. Justin Steele, I mean, he didn't have necessarily a terrible game. He was having issues with command. He had 5 and a third, 8 hits, 3 and runs, 7 Ks, 4 walks. They were able to beat a very good Braves team, probably the best team, if not the best team in the National League. So having success, success there is huge. I believe Stroman did hit the IL 15-day IL. At least I hadn't seen that in one of my fantasy leagues. I'm not too sure about that. But the Cubs, they were going to be sellers at the trade deadline, ended up not being sellers, and have really kind of made this postseason push. They're currently sitting, I believe, the two or three in the wild card. So they're in the wild card if the season ended today. Kind of surprising to see, but obviously great performances so far this year from guys like Stroman and Steele and on the offensive side, Bellinger. So Curious to see where the Cubs go. I would like to see the Cubs, you know, make a run at the postseason, but it's the Chicago Cubs. You never really know. Yeah, we definitely both thought they were going to be sellers at the time, and I guess they weren't. I think they're confident in re-signing Bellinger and uh, Stroman this offseason, which wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, they've both been great this year. Uh, Steele in his two starts, uh, a little shaky, 11 and a third. Four seven six ERA, two wins, like I mentioned. Six earned runs, two home runs, nine runs scored in total. I did have 13 strikeouts to four walks. Uh, Jamison Tyone, good start. Five innings, two runs, five strikeouts. Uh, Marcus Stroman did land on the 15-day IL. Uh, he should be back to normal. I think that there was just a little bit of, I don't know, nerves or just kind of just pitching to pitch uh, in a couple of those games, getting close to the trade deadline, not knowing if he was going to be staying or not. And, uh, but on the offense side, they've been scoring a lot, especially in that red series. Jamer, Can- Jamer Canelario, since coming over uh, from Washington, hitting 571, a stolen bat, bag, four walks, two strikeouts, a home run, three RBIs, four doubles, eight runs. Bellinger, 478, three walks to one strikeout, five stolen bags in the last six games, a home run, seven RBIs, two doubles, eight runs. Talkman has a home run. Ian Happ has three home runs in his last six games. Uh, hitting 273, Nick Mandrigal is hitting 316. Just overall, this offense is hitting really well, especially in that Red Series where it seemed like those were very high-scoring games. I believe they both went over or very close to 20 runs uh, combined. A, big, a team that's trying to forget their season is the Chicago White Sox. They've had a terrible season. They had an even worse week as a whole. 45-68 and 68 record, 4-6 and six in their last 10. Got swept at Texas, lost the first one at Cleveland, then won the final two. I mean, everyone's seen the Tim Anderson-Jose Ramirez fight. That was, I mean, Ramirez rocked his shit. He just knocked Anderson out cold, which is pretty funny. Um, but Ramirez said he'd been playing with fire for a period of time, so that obviously was an embarrassment for Chicago. Then Yankees, uh, former White Sox player Middleton, ripped the no-rules culture within the White Sox and made a report that some guys in the bullpen would sometimes fall asleep. Is that true? Is that not? I don't know, but it's been a lot of controversy surrounding the White Sox, obviously having a terrible season. You know, uh, Liam Hendricks did come back, ended up going undergoing Tommy John surgery this week. So they are just trying to get rid of this season and move on to next season and try to find a new new revamp here because what the White Sox have going on right now is not very good. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, decent week. He's had kind of a quiet campaign for them. Luis Robert, obviously, I believe, has 30 home runs in the year. 
and on the pitching side of things too, up and down campaign. So we'll see what other, you know, moves, not necessarily moves on the team they make, but what happens just with the franchise as a whole moving forward. Yeah, it's very interesting what they're going to be doing. I mean, just for how much hype there was around them these last few years, how talented they were to see what they're doing right now. It's just sad. I mean, they had guys that they signed that we really thought were going to turn this team around. Uh, obviously, they were sellers at the trade deadline. Uh, Kopech, I believe, did get suspended a game uh, in that fight. Tim Anderson got suspended six, I believe. Uh, but on the pitching side, it's just been horrible overall. I mean, Dylan Cease, their ace in his last outing, got the loss, went only one and two-thirds, seven earned runs, a home run hit by pitch, three walks, and only one strikeout. Just overall, not good. Probably someone that should have traded, not because he's bad, just more they would have got better, really good, some really good assets from one of these contenders. Kopech had a solid start overall uh, in that game where the fight did break out. Uh, five and a third, two earned runs. Did have four walks with three strikeouts, so a little bit of command issues, but did get the win there. And then offensively, Elvis Andrews has probably been the best hitter recently, hitting 438. Home run, five RBIs, four doubles, three runs, two stolen bags, surprisingly, for. Uh, him being much older, I believe he is getting the shortstop or the nod to play shortstop with Tim Harrison being suspended. Uh, Andrew Vaughn had a home run for himself, so has Oscar Cole. He's hitting 250 uh, since coming back. Luis Robert had a home run and triple the other day. So it was overall, the younger guys they're doing what they need to do. Eli hasn't been the best, but this team just needs to rebuild up right now. Next, we got on the list is the Cincinnati Reds, second in the NL Central, 49-55 record, 3-7 and seven in their last 10, currently on a six-game losing streak. Another disappointing week for the Cincinnati Reds. Got swept at Chicago, got swept at home versus the Nationals, yet they're still tied with the Cubs for the final wild-card spot right now. For the Reds, obviously nobody expected them to be the position that they're in. Ellie David Cruz had another good week for them on the pitching side of things. You know, they're getting Hunter Green back supposedly sometime soon. Hunter Green recently just uh, made a rehab assignment or at least got headed in that direction to AAA Louisville, as well as uh, Vladimir Gutierrez, a bullpen pitcher there for the Reds. So for the Reds, they got some young pitching coming back. Obviously, Andrew Abbott missed the majority of the season. I shouldn't say majority of the season, but a good chunk of the season for them. They just don't seem like a team that makes the postseason. Obviously, the start the Alexis Diaz has had kind of cooled off a little bit as of late. So Reds need to find a way to dial it back and have some success. they got a huge series coming up against the Marlins. Marlins are a half game out of that final wild card spot that the Reds are currently holding. So be curious to see. But Hunter Greenback for the Reds will definitely help. He's relatively been solid. Obviously a high strikeout guy. See what kind of successes he can have as time moves on. Yeah, uh, I believe this is another team that is 0-6 since the trade deadline uh, who are buyers. Graham Ashcraft uh, has been solid uh, since coming back uh, from the minor league assignment. Uh, and his one start went eight innings, had three on runs, two home runs but did have five strikeouts in that time. Not much, not a big strikeout guy. Andrew Abbott having his worst start of the year. I believe his ERA is still right around a 2-2, two, 2-3 two, two, maybe. Uh, but in his last start, five and two-thirds, six earned runs, five walks to three strikeouts. So I believe that's what really did it, him, did it in for him was the walks. Uh, we've seen in previous starts, but he's kept those walks down. Uh, he's had a lot of success. Brandon Williams got hit. Uh, ben Lively got hit. I mean, it seems like basically everyone except for Sam Mole. Uh, four innings, seven strikeouts, only two hits. Uh, they were, were part of the series of Chicago Cubs where there was combined 20 runs and I believe two of the three games that series or both of the games. Uh, just a lot of runs there. Uh, Matt McClain, hitting 230, did have 11 strikeouts this past week, but had a home run, two doubles, three RBIs, stolen base, two runs. Incarnacio Strand, in 273, but so far been his best stretch in his limited time 
uh, in the majors. Ellie had two home runs, two RBIs, four runs. TJ Feidel had three home runs. Spencer Steers had a solid week overall in the power department, having three doubles, two home runs, four RBIs, and four runs. Taking a look at the Houston Astros, they had a decent, pretty good week, honestly. 64 and 49 on the year, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Three games set at home versus the Guardians for Amber Valdez through no hitter in that middle game there. Then they traveled to the New York Yankees, took two out of four there. Good pitching performances. Verlander did get the loss in his first start back with the Astros, but going seven innings strong against the Yankees. They recently activated Jose Urquidy from the 60-day IL, so good to have him back. And as mentioned, obviously, Framber Valdez is no hitter. So for the Astros, they have a lot of you know good potential moving for them, especially on the pitching side, which is one of the reasons why I think they won the World Series last year. And their bats have been getting hot as of late. Jeremy Pena, Bregman, uh, Jordan Alvarez recently as well, getting back from injury. Jose Altuve recently coming back from injury. So they're getting healthy for the most part at the right time, and they're just seeming to be moving forward in the right direction, which is something that you want to see, especially out of the defending champs. I had said this very early on in the season when I was originally talking about this team. I was saying that once they're fully healthy and able to maximize their potential, they're going to be just fine. And getting an all-star Cy Young pitcher that they had last season, Justin Verlander, definitely helps in the mix. But great rotation, great bullpen, and great bats. I think they're going to compete for the AL West crown. I think, you know, obviously from the get-go, the Rangers were seeing to kind of go away with it. But the Astros are only two and a half games back, so potential for them to have success there down the line. Yeah, definitely. For Aaron Valdez, his no-hitter was great. Uh, and obviously, nine innings, no hits. Uh, was one walk away from a perfect game, uh, but still no-hitter nonetheless. Seven strikeouts in that outing. Verlander in his first start with the Astros uh, from the game back to that reunion. Seven innings, two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Hunter Brown uh, got the win, six innings, two runs off two home runs, four strikeouts there. Christian Javier, Christian Javier got uh, three runs against him, two home runs and four and two-thirds of an inning. Did have three walks with four strikeouts. Uh, J.P. France had another good outing, only went one and a third, but no earned runs. Did have three walks to four strikeouts. Seems like the Ashers have been walking a lot more guys of recently. But having Framber do what he did and show uh, his dominance in game for under back, I think this is going to put a lot less pressure on the, uh, all the other younger starting pitchers like Hunter Brown, Javier, J.P. France, or Keedy, all those guys. And then offensively, Jose Bray is in two, six, two, sorry, 286 right now. Uh, had a home run, RBI, double, four runs, three stolen bags. Jordan Alvarez, uh, since coming back, has had two home runs. Three RBIs, a double, three runs himself, hitting 333. Yander Diaz, uh, guy who's been in the lineup a lot more as a recent, had a home run, three RBIs, run for himself. It was overall really well. Kyle Tucker had three stolen bases and a home run, five RBIs, and two doubles for himself as well this past week. The Kansas City Royals are 36 and 77, 7 and 3 in their last 10, including riding a seven game winning streak going into the series against Philadelphia. They took all three versus the New York Mets at home, and then they won the first one at Philadelphia, then lost the last two. For the Royals, I mean, a hot streak for the Royals. We saw the ace kind of go through their hot streak. It looks like it was the Royals' hot streak this past seven, ten days of baseball. So it's fun to see as a whole, but it doesn't mean anything, no. Bobby Witt Jr., I believe, became the first player in either Royals history or MLB history to hit 20 home runs and have 30 stolen bases in his first two seasons. He's been on fire, especially as of late. Uh, we talked about last week this series against Minnesota. He was absolutely tearing tearing the ball apart. It was just insane to watch. But he's had a lot of success. They're really just calling up a lot of, of younger guys. Drew Waters had a three-run shot. Good for him. 
on the offensive side there. Pitching-wise, Brady Singer, I believe, tossed eight innings of three-hit ball against the Mets. So there were some good positives for Royals fans. I mean, they're obviously not going to compete for anything, but at least moving forward in the right direction, having some positive things go for them, I think is huge for them. Yeah, I mean, having some positives in the season is good. I mean, give fans, I guess, a little bit of hope, but even though they're really not going to go anywhere, uh, they've been out of it since the beginning, it feels like. Uh, but just a little bit of hope to give fans uh, a little bit excited for maybe the future. Uh, Zach Greinke this week had two starts, going nine innings, six run runs, three home runs with seven strikeouts. Brady Singer, uh, eight innings, three hits, four strikeouts, uh, getting a win there. Jordan Lyles got hit around. Seems like basically everyone got hit around, but this offense was just scoring a lot of runs behind Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt this past week was hitting 381. Had three stolen bags, uh, seven RBIs, two home runs, one double, four runs himself. Freddie Furman had two home runs, four RBIs, uh, two doubles, five runs. And Mikel Garcia hitting 360 this past week. Uh, I believe Bobby Witt, that record was MLB history, the 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases in each of his first two seasons. The Angels are 56-57, and 2-8 and in their last 10, currently on a six-game losing streak. Had a series at Atlanta where they won the first one and dropped the next two. Then they had a four-game set versus the Mariners where they got swept by Seattle. Disappointing for Angels fans, right for me, as far as what I said earlier on in this uh, season, when you know I said the, the Angels should not, quote-unquote, buy at the trade deadline. They should trade Otani and get valuable assets. Sure, are they still alive in the wild card race? Yeah, but they're seven games back. They're right at that territory where it's really hard to make a comeback. I mean, the only other team really that seems to be competing at the moment, even potentially below, below them, is the Cleveland Guardians at eight and a half. Then you got the Tigers, White Sox, Royals, and Athletics. They're really trending down a, a backwards path. Giolito's looked a bit rough, <laughs> to say the least, in his first couple of starts there. They had a decent performance, um, you know, the last two games against Seattle, losing both games two to three, but... Lost some ones there at the end, especially in the 10th inning in the last game where they lost 3-2. And then the other game that they lost 3-2, which was the game before that, they, I believe, uh, gave – or they were up three, down 3-1, got a run in the ninth, but weren't able to seal the deal. So it's been disappointing. Their pitching struggled. Otani's been dealing with some cramps. He got pulled from his last start. He had originally said he doesn't know if he's going to be making his next start, but Otani seems like recently has cramped a lot. Now, if you're the best player in the world and playing – both pitcher and a hitter for the Angels that Otani's been doing. I'd probably be crapping all the time, too, but that's something to take notice of. It's just been disappointing for the Angels and Angels fans. Yeah, I mean, it's been disappointing all year. Uh, after losing Trout, it seemed like there wasn't much hope for this team. Uh, at least a little hope that they did have. Being buyers at the deadline probably wasn't the best idea. We both were talking about how they should trade Shohei. I mean, they could have got a great haul, prospect haul from really – any of the contenders who want to get that extra uh, hitter and pitcher on the team. I mean, Shohei being the best player. But Chase uh, Silseth and his uh, start with seven innings, two run runs, two home runs with 12 strikeouts. And the bad side of that, everyone really got hit around. Tyler Anderson and Patrick Sandoval both went five innings with two run runs, but walked a decent amount of guys within those starts. Uh, Shohei only went four innings. And that last start, three hits, uh, did have four strikeouts in that time. Giolito got nine earned runs against him. Three home runs, one hit by pitch, three walks, and two strikeouts. So one good start against the Blue Jays, and then one horrible start right after that for Giolito. Uh, Mike Lustakis, though, has been hitting really well since he's went to Anaheim. He's 333 his past week, had a home run, five RBIs, two doubles, two runs. Shohei hitting 333, had two stolen bases, a home run, RBI, five runs. 
two doubles. Gritchick had a home run, I believe, in his first at bat with the Angels, I want to say. I believe it was his first at bat. Uh, Luis Rendifo had a home run himself. But outside of that, it's been really quiet. Mickey Moniak's been striking out a lot recently, had 11 strikeouts in his last five games. Just overall, guy, a team that bought a lot, uh, gave up some of their better prospects, just aren't making the cut for what, they, what they're trying to do. The Marlins are 58-55, and 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Lost 3 out of 4 to the Philadelphia Phillies at home before getting swept on the road at the Rangers. A lot of teams that have been competing for a wild card spot or a playoff spot have been losing a lot of games and on a losing streak, so not good to see. But for the Marlins, Sanio Cantra had a really good start against the Phillies, going 8 strong, not giving up a run, and the David Robertson blew the save there in the ninth, lost that game there. Alcantara got hit around a bit. I believe it was yesterday's start against the Rangers, so disappointed to see there for Alcantara, but had two quality starts there. And then, like I said, Alcantara's stuff is very hittable, so kind of got the best of him there. As far as pitching, I believe Yuri Perez did get recalled back up for a start on Monday, which is huge for him to add him to the rotation. We obviously know the reason why they had sent him down, but for the way that he was having success, it was quite interesting to say the least. Also interesting news, the Marlins had reportedly discussed a trade for Red Sox' Justin Turner. I had said that Turner might have been a surprise guy that getting traded at the deadline, but even having another bat there on the offside for Miami, who I feel like at times struggles to score runs, especially as of late, would have been huge. But the Marlins are still competing for a wildcard spot, only a half game back out right now to the Reds and the Cubs, for that matter, which are two very beatable teams that you can achieve a wildcard spot from. So they got to have a good week. They have a big series, as mentioned, coming up against Cincinnati uh, starting today, where they're going to have to have some success at Great American Ballpark to kind of continue to flirt with the mix of the postseason. Yeah, Sandy Alcant- Alcantara, since his, his last two starts, have looked has been looking like the old Sandy. Uh, in 14 innings, did have four in runs with three home runs, so that part is a little bit unusual being a sinker changeup guy, but did have 12 strikeouts to one walk. Uh, the control getting reeled back in, I think that's what was affecting him early on. I think he was just giving up a lot more walks. He does give up a decent amount of hits for how good he is. Did have ten in his last two in his last two starts. Just overall, uh, better starts out of Alcantara. Uh, Lazardo got hit around. Cueto's been getting hit around a lot since coming back. Uh, same with Braxton Garrett. Ryan Weathers got uh, a pitcher from Padres that they I believe they traded for. I don't I can't remember if they traded for him or they got him off of waivers. Uh, but he's been getting hit around six earned runs in three and two thirds innings. Uh, bullpen hasn't been bad. Devin Smeltzer, Smeltzer has been better. Uh, some of these other guys, AJ Puck has been better of the recent. Same, same with Tanner Scott. But their offense, Luisa Rising, 286 uh, as of recent, had four strikeouts with no walks, RBI, two doubles, three runs. Jesus Sanchez, uh, no home runs, two RBIs, two doubles, one run. Josh Bell had a home run. Same with Brian De La Cruz, Jorge Soler, John Birdie, Jake Berger, and uh, Jazz Chisholm. Uh, Jazz, since coming back from the IL from injury, is hitting 333, uh, a walk, two strikeouts, a home run, three RBIs, one double, and three runs. The Milwaukee Brewers are 60 and 53, three and seven in their last 10. This week for the Brew Crew, they had a three game set at Washington where they lost two out of three. Then they split two out of four with the Pirates. For the Brewers, on the pitching side of things, they did get Brandon, Brandon Woodruff back, who looked pretty strong in his return. For the Brewers, obviously Corbin Carroll's had a pretty uh, Corbin Carroll. Corbin Burns had a pretty consistent season on the mound. They also reactivated Wade Miley, who seems like is up or down every single start. On the offensive side, South Freela continued to do good. Carlos Santana hit 
um, another bomb. So for the Brewers, they're sitting in a good position right now. They're currently first in the NL Central. They have two teams that are rapidly chasing them, though. And the Cubs and the Reds, both a game and a half back. But getting some guys healthy like Miley and Woodruff, even though Miley might not typically be, you know, your prototypical big-time starter, he definitely can be. He's got the experience. And for hell's sakes, he threw a no-hitter in the past. Woodruff, obviously consistency. Devin Williams did blow a save this week, but he's been consistent on the pen, too. So getting some success from guys like Freelick, Santana, obviously Yelich has had a good season. Really helps the Brewers uh, continue to move forward in the right direction and have more success down the line. Yeah, it's going to start with the pitching here. I mean, Burns has been pretty consistent all year. Six innings, two earned runs. He did have four walks with five strikeouts. Adrian Hauser had a good start. Six innings, one earned run, five strikeouts. Frey Peralta has been striking out a lot of guys. Recently had seven in his last six innings. Uh, did have three earned runs against him. Woodruff in his uh, first start back with the big club. Gave up two home runs, uh, which were two, both two solo shots. Only two earned runs in five innings with nine strikeouts for himself. Uh, Miley was solid in his last start, four innings, one earned run, five strikeouts. So it's overall, uh, this start, the starting pitching has definitely gotten healthier. I mean, you mentioned with Woodruff and Miley, getting those guys back, uh, good arms, be able to just have it in your rotation, especially Woodruff when the upside that he has. And now he's going to be pretty fresh. Yes, he is coming off injury, but he also doesn't have all his innings loaded up against him. So he could be a guy who is going to be really fresh, throwing uh, pretty hard and throwing a lot, getting a lot of strikeouts later into the postseason if they make it that far. Devin Williams, you mentioned the one blown, blown save he had got a loss, but is one for two in his last two save opportunities with a one-and-one one record. Uh, did have three strikeouts, one walk, two runs, none of them earned. And then offensively, Bryce Terang is hitting 471 this past week, three walks to no strikeouts, two stolen bases, a home run, five RBIs, five runs. Uh, Joey Weimer has cooled down a little bit in 263. South Rio has definitely cooled down since his uh, great start hand 200 is walking a good amount with five walks by strikeouts stolen bag had another home run seven rbis two runs uh two double but his is hitting 200 but does have a 381 on base. my minnesota twins are 59 and 54 five and five in their last 10 after the embarrassing sweep of the twins against the royals on the road they rebounded by winning two out of three at st louis and sweeping the Diamondbacks at home. Good pitching performances seemingly all week. Joe Ryan definitely did struggle in that lone loss against the Cardinals. He's been getting the gopher ball hit off him like crazy as of late. So he also just hit the IL, the growing strain, which means we selected the contract of former Cy Young winner Dallas Keiko, who did all right. He threw five innings in the Twins win yesterday, giving up one earned run, I believe, but had eight hits and a couple walks to go alongside with it. But Good to see kind of Dallas Keuchel back in a a uniform, especially for the Twins. Pitching for the Twins was really good this week. They were giving up not a lot of runs. They faced a good Diamondbacks team, although they've been struggling as of late, so had success there. Won the games they needed to. Shocker, Byron Buxton back to the I.L. with hamstring strain. I I think we should just get rid of it at this point, even though we just re-signed him to a massive new extension, but he seems like he's hurt every week. Walner had a big walk-off home run yesterday against the Diamondbacks, so the Twins seemingly are in a good position right now. They're sitting four and a half games up on the Guardians, but have a big series nonetheless coming up at Detroit this week. Yeah, the pitching has been, was good all week. I mean, Sonny Gray uh, 1-0 in his one start, seven innings, two earned runs, one home run, eight strikeouts. Pablo Lopez, six innings, one earned run, five strikeouts. Kent Maeda, six innings, one earned run off a home run. Did have a hit-by-pitch with seven strikeouts there. Dallas Keuchel, as you mentioned, had a good amount of hits against him in five innings with eight. But only one earned run, two walks, no strikeouts. So only allowing one 
run within allowing eight hits and two walks. It was very good for him, especially, I believe, is making his season debut. Uh, I believe he was down the minors basically all year so far at, until this point. Uh, Bailey Obar, five innings, two earned runs, one home run, hit by pitch. Did have three strikeouts. Joe Ryan got hit around, though, as you mentioned, in that one start, having seven earned runs, four home runs against him, and four innings. But offensively, Ryan Jeffers, Julian Newman, and Max Kepler have all been really hot. Uh, Jeffers having three home runs, same with Kepler, Julian hit new Eduardo Julian hitting 300, uh, Matt Warner hitting 300, Dolman Solano hitting 500. The offense is clicking right now, especially with some of these guys who aren't the biggest names on the team, uh, like Correa or Polanco or Buxton. The Mets are 50 and 61, 3 and 7 in their last 10, got swept at Kansas City and got swept at Baltimore, currently on a six game losing streak. Man, this team is a disaster. Sold everybody at the trade deadline from Canada Fam to Verlander to Scherzer. They also recently just demoted Brett Beatty. He was obviously struggling at the major league level. They demoted him back to AAA. And they put Starling Martin to 10 day IL. So anything that could get worse for the Mets seemingly got worse for the Mets. But they are still very optimistic. Uh, Cohen addresses the team and says that they will compete in 2024. Well, I don't know how they're going to compete in 2024 because they're the highest payroll in 2023 and they're not even close. They're fourth in the NL East. It's been difficult, to say the least. They have a lot of young prospects that they can call up, but this is the team that, at the end of the day, wanted to compete. It's been a lot of disappointment. Obviously, Pete Alonso has been disappointed. You know, the polar bear, once he's disappointed, everyone's disappointed. So it's just been a disappointing season. And getting swept by the Royals, I think, put the cherry on top for them, as well as losing to the Orioles, which is obviously a much better team. But still, anytime you get swept in the major leagues, it's never fun. But again, after trading everyone and getting swept by the Royals, it was just disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it's just disappointing year all year. I mean, having the highest payroll to go into where they're at right now. Uh, Jose Quintana, 12 and two-thirds, five earned, run, five earned runs, eight strikeouts in that time. Cookie, not in six innings, six earned runs, two home runs, one hit by pitch, one walk, no strikeouts. Kode Singa, five and two-thirds, had 11 hits against him, three earned runs, uh, did have six strikeouts. But outside of that, everyone's got hit around. I mean, they got rid of all of their pitching, uh, except for Senga. But Senga, I don't believe, is a true number one. He was a great uh, number two two guy or number three guy in that rotation. Uh, not as much pressure on him. Lindor is hitting 330, uh, 333, uh, has stolen base, had a home run, four RBIs, two doubles, three runs. Pete Alonso had another home run, two doubles, two, uh, two RBIs, but hitting 250. Uh, on the week, I think Nimmo and Lindor are the only guys hitting over uh, 250. Everyone else is hitting right at 250 or under. The Philadelphia Phillies are 61 and 51, six and four in their last 10. Interesting year for the Phillies, to say the least. They had a four game set at Miami where they took three out of four, as mentioned earlier, and they took two out of three versus Kansas City. I think the big thing with Philadelphia this week was the amount of home runs they were hitting. Stott hit a home run, Turner finally hit a home run. Castellanos uh, hit a home run, Schwarber as well. So a lot of home runs and a lot of production there. Big comeback win at Miami in the second game of the series, as mentioned earlier. Michael Lorenzen, I believe it was his first start with the Phillies. He went eight strong, six hits, two in runs, five Ks, one walk. Great performance there for the Phillies. So the Phillies seem to be kind of clicking on all cylinders as of late. And currently sitting in the tied for the number one wild card spot with the San Francisco Giants. So there are three games up there which is a really good place to be in. They're obviously not winning the NL East division at the moment, but that doesn't seem like they're going to win it at this point. But they are contending for a wild card spot, and that's huge. They got everything 
tools-wise they need as far as, you know, Nola, Wheeler, Lorenz, and they got a lot of tools to have success. So it's just a matter of time, in my opinion, before I think the Phillies really turn things around. But at least Trey Turner was still getting support. Philly fans are obviously known for letting you hear it, especially if you've been bad. But gave him some support. He's been struggling, about, I believe, batting around 240 with like 11 home runs and 30-some RBIs. It's been disappointing. But the Phillies are still in the right direction forward, moving forward with the series against the National Assembly today. But it got postponed, so tomorrow. Yeah, Lorenzen, uh, the pitching, uh, or Lorenzen, who's having his best year pitching, uh, who got traded over to the Phillies in his first start, went eight innings, two earned runs, one home run, five strikeouts. So really made a presence there in his first start. Tylen Walker did get the win going seven innings, uh, but did allow four earned runs, a hit by pitch, and a walk with two strikeouts. Uh, Ranger Suarez had a good outing, six and a third, only one earned run. Did have 10 hits against him with two walks with three strikeouts. So no one scored, only one scored, which is good. He was able to limit the damage, but 10 hits in six and a third with two walks isn't exactly the amount of guys you want on base. Wheeler had a good start, four innings, two earned runs, two home runs. Uh, Noah got hit around five and a third, five earned runs, two uh, home runs. Did have a walk with eight strikeouts. But overall, yeah, you're mentioning uh, with Trey Turner, he is having a rough season, but did get a lot of help and a lot of support from the Phillies fans these last couple games. Uh, did have a home run uh, when that was happening, five RBIs, two doubles, three runs on the week, but is hitting 167 uh, this past week. Alec Baum has de- had tr- definitely turned around as a recent, uh, hitting 385, had a home run, five RBIs, two runs, six walks. Harper hitting 417, had a home run, four RBIs, four doubles, five runs for himself. Castellanos had three home runs this past week. The Yankees are 58-54, and 4-6 four and six in their last 10. Had a series at home versus the Rays where they only won the final game in that match. And then they had a game, a four-game set against the Astros at home, one 2 to 4 there. For the Yankees, it's definitely been their struggles. I mean, Judge obviously homered in his return from the IL earlier, but their pitching has definitely been really struggling. Rodon has struggled. He returned to the IL, which was disappointing. Severino, another rough start against Houston. I believe going four innings, giving up five earned runs. We obviously know what happened against Baltimore. So, it's been disappointing for the Yankees pitching. And the Yankees pitching, in my opinion, was the forefront of the Yankees' success. Because obviously on the offensive side, having Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo, I mean, for those guys that were terribly struggling on the offensive side, you'd expect production from the pitching, and that has not been the case. So it's been disappointing, to say the least, for the Yankees. But they're sitting at a 58-54 and 54 record, which isn't the best, but it isn't the worst, especially for a team like the Yankees. The Yankees are currently sitting four and a half games out of the wild card. This team is so good on paper as far as the superlatives and everything they've had going for them as far as former MVPs, silver sluggers, everything like that. I, I keep saying every week, I think eventually they're going to figure it out. I feel like they have to at some point. I believe they're starting a series with the White Sox. So a team that's obviously going through a lot right now has a perfect opportunity to have some success. But they're definitely getting plagued by their pitching. Old veteran guys in the offensive side not producing. So it's just been a very struggling campaign. Not to mention Judge missed a lot of time, which was one of the only reasons why they were having success to begin with. Yeah, there's not a lot of success, success uh, just overall. I mean, Garrett Cole has been their best pitcher. Uh, everyone expected that. His last outing with seven, uh, two earned runs, eight strikeouts, got the win there. But Rodon has not been looking good at all uh, since he's made his major league debut, or not his major league his season debut with the Yankees. His last two outings, Ole has gone six and two-thirds, nine earned runs, four home runs, six walks, ten strikeouts. I mean, I it's he's giving up too many hits, especially home runs. 
uh, with walking guys. I mean, that's been the big thing is just too many walks and giving up the long ball, especially in Yankee Stadium, who have a little bit smaller dimensions, especially to right field. Uh, but offensively, Glaber Torres, he's hitting 545 this past week, a stolen base, four walks to two strikeouts, four, two home runs, four RBIs, three doubles, seven runs. I mean, he's been having a pretty quiet year overall. I th- feel like a really underrated year. I feel like he's done really well with a very diminished lineup there has been, and he's been doing his job really well. Uh, not a lot of errors. I mean, that was the big thing with Torres. His defense was horrible. Granted, he is now over at second. He hasn't played short anymore, but he's been able to figure out with the bat, especially more of recent. LeMahieu is hitting 368, but it's not the same LeMahieu as we saw back in 2019 with the juice ball. Uh, but, yeah, just overall, Volpe hasn't been bad. He had a home run, five RBIs. I believe he's top five or top ten in rookies uh, for war on the year. Aaron Judge, since coming back, is hitting exactly 100 or a little more 100, but his past week he didn't have a home run, only one run, one RBI. He did have six strikeouts, the three walks, so not much impact there. Granted, he didn't have any time in the minors. They want to just bring him up right away, which I get it. You guys are trying to make your fans happy by getting Judge back in the lineup, but he needed some more, maybe see some more uh, pitching, especially live pitching, uh, coming out from just having torn ligaments in your toe to face the major league hitters. I mean, it's a hard adjustment. The Pirates are 50-61, and 6-4 six and four in their last 10. They won one, lost one against the Tigers at home, and then split the four-game set versus the Brewers. The pitching has definitely let them down. The offensive side hasn't been terrible. Mitch Keller has really struggled as of late for the Pirates, which has been disappointing to see. Gave up 14 runs. No, not saying Mitch Keller gave up 14 runs. I'm saying their pitching staff gave up 14 runs. Mitch Keller was responsible for eight of them in the matchup against the Brewers recently in this week. The bats have been fine. I mean, Reynolds has done a good job. Joe, as well as Rodriguez, have kind of been on the power side. But when you don't have good pitching, it's really hard to win a lot of games. This Pirates team has definitely had a disappointing campaign. Got rid of Santana, got rid of Rich Hill, who was one of their only bright spots, it seems like, on the pitching side of things. So see what kind of adjustments they can make for the future. It doesn't help that they're playing the Braves starting today, too, for a series. So all in all, it is not fun to be a Pirates fan this season. Everyone thought they were legit. I don't know why, but they clearly had shown that they're the opposite of that. I think the biggest thing is just building the building blocks for next season and uh, seeing what they can do moving forward. Yeah, I like the mention of Keller. I mean, he gave up a earned with a home run, a hit by pitch, three walks in five innings. Uh, not very good right there at all. I mean, he was off to a really hot start. And he was also one of those guys that there was a lot of rumors about him potentially get traded during the deadline. I think that they really believe in Keller, so I'll, that's why they didn't trade him. But you never know what type of package they could have gotten. I mean, I know you have Paul Schemes, who's arguably a major league-ready arm, uh, just for how talented he is, and he's already had a lot of things under his belt. But Johan Alvarado had two in his two outings is two and zero with a .64 ERA, fourteen innings, one earned run uh, with eleven strikeouts. So it's a good positive right there. Uh, just overall, it's been decent. Quinn Priester since being called up. He's been giving up a good amount of runs, but it's been keeping him in games. Last outing, four four innings, three on runs, one home run, three walks to three strikeouts. So he's one of those guys who he's going to be part of the future of this team. Brian Reynolds has definitely turned it on. His recent had two home runs, four RBIs, one double, four uh, sorry, four runs, stolen backing, 409. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon's hitting 333, no home runs, but a double, an RBI, he's just – really just doing uh, stat padding right now, just trying to break all the records. But the Pirates, uh, another guy that was 
talked about potentially getting traded, but he kind of said no. He wanted to be a pirate for the rest of his right, rest of his life. Andy Rodriguez has been good. Henry Davis has slowed down as of recent. Uh, Oliver Brayergo has been uh, slowing down as well. Brian Hayes is hitting .067 in his last four games. So it's overall, same with Nick Gonzalez and Jack Sawinski. They've all been quiet. The Padres are 55 and 57, 6 and 3 in their last 10. Won two out of three at Colorado and have basically lost three out of four versus the Dodgers. For the Padres, it's been an up and down season. Obviously, losing the Dodgers series definitely hurt as far as their chances for the wild card. They're currently sitting three games out, so not terribly out of it, especially with the roster that they have. Juan Soto continues to dominate, it seems like. Joe Musgrove shut down for three weeks with shoulder inflammation. Hugh Darvish recently had a quality start. So the Padres have a lot of good things moving in their direction, but they just need to have more on the execution side. They have a series coming up at Seattle and at the Diamondbacks, which are two series where teams are fighting for wild card positioning. It's going to be some tough contests there, but San Diego's been like this throughout the season. They have their ups and their downs. They were kind of going through some ups, went through some downs, but they're too good of a team to, to struggle as they are and not find a way into the postseason. I'm going to go ahead and say maybe a hot take. They find their way in the postseason. I think they catch fire maybe win eight, nine, ten games in a row at some point and make that jump because they're just too good of a team, both sides of the ball, to not have success. Obviously, Rich Hill, uh, I believe now on the yeah on the Dodgers, didn't have the uh, the best of starts there. Three and runs, six – sorry, three and eight, six earned runs. So they got to find some ways to, to make some success and, and get back into the promised land. Yeah, it's been I've, an up-and-down season. There's times this team has, has looked really good, and then there's times they've looked really bad. Hugh Darvish's last start went seven innings, two earned runs, four strikeouts. Nick Martinez uh, made one start and then came out of the pen, was 1-0, five innings, no runs scored against him, four strikeouts. Blake Snell, five innings, three runs, one home run, uh, still had eight strikeouts in that time. Mm-hmm. Ray Kerr, uh, four innings, two earned runs, seven strikeouts there. Just overall, it's been the up-and-down season. It really comes down to the pitching staff, uh, keeping him in games because his offense is – very hot or they're very cold. So if they're able to stay in games, uh, if the pitchers able to keep them in games, be able to just give them a chance with sometimes with this offense, you never know. Jake Cronworth is hitting 381, though. This past week had a home run, two doubles, six runs, three RBIs. Hasta and Kim, so far, they're most basically been their most consistent hitter all year, hitting 421, had three stolen bags, five walks to three. K, or three strikeouts, a home run, two RBIs, four runs. Xander Bar- Bogarts is hitting 318 as recent, so hitting a lot better. Uh, Sam with Soda hitting 318. Had four home runs, eight RBIs, and five runs for himself, but, so he's been really hot. Gary Sanchez had three home runs with five RBIs this past week, hitting 400, and his limited starts uh, splitting time with him and Luis Cam- Campesino. Mariners are 60-52, and 8-2 and two in their last 10, currently on a five-game winning streak. Took two out of three at home versus the Red Sox. Then swept at the Angels. Big series win there for the Mariners. For the Mariners, George Kirby had a really good start against Seattle. I'm sorry, the, the Angels. Going seven innings, three hits, one and around five Ks, no walks. Really good performance, really good campaign there. Luis Castillo definitely struggled giving up seven earned runs in his start against the Angels, but they were able to win that game in extra innings. The Mariners are playing good baseball, and the Mariners are a team that really is you know highlighted by their success pitching as far as who they had in their bullpen. Got rid of Paul Sewald. Andres Munoz did kind of assume that closing role. He is a closing pitcher. I mean, they're two and a half games out of the wild card spot. 
great rotation. Julio Rodriguez, great offensive side. Colton Wong, they recently DFA'd. So they seem, they're seeming to kind of move forward in the right direction and get back to potentially making the postseason. The pitching in and of itself can make them have a deep run. The question is, can their offense continue to produce and can they continue to win close games like they did at the Angels and even against the Red Sox as of late? So they got a, uh, the Padres coming up and then the Orioles. So a couple of hard fought series coming up. The Mariners, can they continue this hot streak they have going on? Yeah, the offense has really been clicking in recent. It's more of the starting pitching. Uh, if they're able to just stay a little bit more consistent, uh, it seems like uh, some guys have really good weeks and then really bad weeks. Uh, Bryce Miller in his last two starts, 10 and a third, seven earned runs, two home runs, did have 14 strikeouts. And then George, George Kirby in his one start, seven innings, one earned run off a home run with five Ks. Luis Castillo, six innings, seven earned runs against him with three home runs, six strikeouts. Logan Gilbert's been consistent. You can expect right around six innings, three earned runs uh, with five strikeouts. He's been basically doing that all year, same around, right around there. Brian Wu, six innings, two earned runs, six strikeouts for himself. Bullpen has been shut down uh, overall for this team. Uh, they've been good all year. But Julio Rodriguez especially has turned it on as a recent hand, 360, had three stolen bags, three walks and nine strikeouts, a home run, five RBIs, three doubles, four runs. Teoscar Hernandez hitting 381. Uh, Eugenio Suarez hitting 320. Uh, Tom Murphy's hitting 317. Just overall, his offense is clicking. Uh, not a lot of home runs, but just a good amount. Of just getting guys, just driving them in, uh, creating a lot of havoc on the bases. The Cardinals are 49 and 64, 3 and 7 in their last 10, lost 2 out of 3 versus the Twins, lost 2 out of 3 at home versus the Rockies. Steven Matz had a good pitching performance going six strong against the Rockies. My Nicholas had a good start in the first game against the Twins before having a bad last inning there. As well as for the Cardinals on the offensive side, having Goldsmith Arenado continue to produce as well as Gorman. Forgot to mention Dakota Hudson's performance against the Twins. Seven innings, two hits, three runs, seven Ks, three walks. Good performance there. So the Cardinals, I mean, they had a rough week once again going two and four, but they're not a bad team on the offensive side. Their pitching's been horrendous. Libertor, Matz. Wainwright, guys like that have continuously struggled. Curious to see kind of moving forward what their plan of attack is. Not sure how good their minor league system pitching is, but it's got to be better than the major league system pitching. With having the guys they have on their team, like Goldschmidt and Arenado, I believe Goldschmidt was the one that won the MVP last year. And even Nolan Gorman and other guys like Jordan Walker, they need to find more ways to have success in the offensive side and can't allow their pitching to be as bad because it is one of the worst rotations and pitching in the whole. They obviously got rid of Jordan Hicks. Uh, to help you know, be a closer for them, for the, I believe it was the Blue Jays. So they got a lot of things to work on in the offseason. But this is a team that can come back next season stronger than ever and, and have more success. But their pitching has got to be the forefront. Yeah, the pitching needs help. Uh, someone they were going to look for probably this uh, offseason. Uh, Dakota Hudson in a start with seven innings, three earned, one home run, seven strikeouts. Michaelis, seven innings, two earned, uh, seven strikeouts. I believe he got suspended for a game. Uh, I can't remember if it was last week uh, for that uh, when he hit Ian Happ uh, after the backswing Contreras. So I believe this was his bounce back or his next start after that suspension was over. Steven Matzman had a good start. Matthew Lutor got hit around. Uh, Bullpen got hit around. I mean, after trading a lot of their guys, I mean, they traded Flaherty, Genesis Cabrera, uh, Hicks, like I mentioned been really depleted pitching staff. Arenado has been a lot better. He's 333. He had a home run, two RBIs, three runs himself. Lars Newbar hitting 304. Alec Burleson has 
showed out a little bit in 462, two home runs, four RBIs, a double, three runs. Edmonds been solid uh, basically all year. Goldschmidt's been down. Wilson Contreras and his limited starts that he does make. It seems like he only plays every three games. Uh, Nolan Gorman's had two home runs this past week in 313, uh, a smaller sample size of only four games. Taking a look at the Texas Rangers, who are 66 and 46, 7 and 3 in their last 10. They had a three game set versus Chicago where they swept. They had a three game set versus Miami where they swept. They're currently on a six game winning streak. Sitting ahead of the Astros, I believe it was two and a half games there. Max Scherzer in his first start with the Rangers ended up getting the win, had a rough first inning, but then bounced back very nicely and had success. On the flip side, third baseman Josh Jung placed in the 10 day IL, I believe it was, with thumb fracture. I believe he had that thumb fracture while fielding a ball. Corey Seager out of the lineup recently, continuing to have some lingering effects there. But he did have a good week as far as hitting the baseball out of the park. And the uh, the Rangers continue to have good success. Uh, Josh Lowe had a good home uh, two-run home run to help them win You know, a game there against the Marlins. So Rangers, where they are right now, you got to be pleased. Again, they're doing this all without DeGrom. They're currently first in the AOS. They have the Astros kind of sneaking on the doorstep. But this is their, their division to win. They're, yeah, so seeing kind of what they can do and getting you know guys like Max Scherzer more familiar back with Oakland. Great serious opportunity at Oakland to uh, have success and continue moving forward in the right direction. Yeah, you mentioned Max Scherzer did have a rough first inning. I believe he had like 38 pitches in the first inning, something along those lines. But got really back in uh, throughout the game with six innings, three on runs, nine strikeouts. Jordan Montgomery made his first start. For the Rangers also going six innings, two run runs, uh, six strikeouts. Dane Dunning made one start with seven and two-thirds. Got a win there, one run run with a home run. Did have 11 strikeouts. Uh, it's not something that he does a lot, but he'll do here and there. Andrew Heaney had two starts going 11, two-thirds. Got two wins there, no earned runs, uh, 15 strikeouts. But John Gray's been getting hit around. Chapman's come back around. Uh, three innings scoreless, four hits with six strikeouts. Chris Stratton, who is part of the Jordan Montgomery uh, trade at the Cardinals, he's made three appearances going four and two-thirds, three hits, uh, four strikeouts there. Overall, his pitching has been really solid. Uh, Marcus Simeon hitting 409, had a 500 on base. Uh, stolen base, three home runs, two doubles, nine runs, five RBIs. Adoles Garcia had four home runs this past week, hitting five RBIs, nine runs himself. Mitch Garver had two home runs. Josh Jung had two home runs. Corey Seager in four games is coming back. Nile was hitting 313, had three home runs, six RBIs, and five runs for himself. Toronto Blue Jays are sitting right now with a 63 and 50 record, six and four in their last 10 contests, had a series against Baltimore where they lost three out of four, then they swept at the Red Sox, so had good success in that final series there. For the Blue Jays, I think the biggest story on that was Davis Snyder, the performance that he had. First player in MLB history with nine hits and two home runs through his first three career games, including a four-hit, four-RBI performance at the Red Sox. He's off to a great start. On the flip side, the pitching side has been, I guess you could say consistent for the most part. Chris Bass did a really good start yesterday. Seven innings, seven hits, one in run, six Ks, three walks. We talked about uh, Romano. He's hit the IL, their all-star closer with the continued back soreness that he dealt with the all-star game. I think he is progressing in the right direction, but they did get Jordan Hicks, too, to have success. So that's obviously great for the Blue Jays to have even more backup bullpen depth. Hinjin Ryu got the loss in his first start back. Didn't pitch terribly. Five innings, nine hits, four and runs, one walk, three Ks. 
but the Blue Jays pitching as a whole was very bad. So Blue Jays are in a good position right now. As far as wild card positioning, they're currently the last wild card team. They're looking to hold that spot, but they have the offense and the pitching to have success. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to the pitching. Uh, we know the offense can definitely hit. Chris Bassett went seven innings, one run, home run, uh, six or six strikeouts. Manoa had better start uh, overall since some, compared to some of the other ones we've seen. Six and two-thirds, three earned runs, two home runs. Had a hit by pitch, two walks, five strikeouts. Kikuchi, six innings, one earned run, three strikeouts. Burrios got a win, going five and two-thirds, three earned runs, a home run, a hit by pitch with six strikeouts. Hinjinria, you mentioned the loss. He had four earned runs in five innings with a home run. Gosman has been getting hit around as of recent. Uh, a little more than he has been all year. Four and a third, three earned runs and with six strikeouts. Hicks, since coming over, uh, since, since coming over, has been has played in three games, three and a third innings, two uh, earned runs against him. Genesis Cabrera, another guy uh, from the Cardinals, uh, since coming to Blue Jays, he two he's had three appearances, two and a third innings, three earned runs, three strikeouts. Uh, those guys have been getting hit around a little bit more. Nate Pearson's been very up and down all year. He'll have a really good stretch, and then he'll have a, sh- a game where he'll give up four and runs like I did here with a home run uh, with and with three walks. I mean, he got one inning within that time in his, that one appearance. Offensively, David Schneider, like you mentioned, so far in three games is hitting 692, two home runs, five RBIs, three runs. Belt's been hitting really well, had two home runs, hitting 444. Uh, George Springer has kind of broke out of the little slump that he had going on. Chapman's been better. Kevin Kiermaier is hanging a little bit over 300. It's nice to see those guys hang well. Uh, Varsho, I mean, Vladdy, those guys, uh, Bobachet have all been hanging a little bit worse. I believe Bobachet is on the IL. Uh, Braves are 70 and 39, 6 and 4 in their last 10, won 2 out of 3 versus the Angels, then lost 2 out of 3 at Chicago. For the Braves, it's obviously been a great season for them. They recently got Max Friedback, who went six innings, eight Ks, three hits, no one runs. Big performance there. They continue to mash balls in the offensive side. Matt Olson, I believe, second in the Amer- or the Major League Baseball with 39 home runs. Austin Riley had a home run as well. Yeah, obviously, now they're going to have a lot of home runs and, and have success there. They had a seven-run fourth inning against the Cubs, too. Their offense has absolutely been on fire. Their pitching's been great. Getting Max Freed back, I kind of forgot that they were pitching so well without Max Freed. They have Bryce Elder. They have Spencer Strider. I mean, Charlie Morton is hit or miss at times. But consistently see from the Braves is why they're the best team in baseball, in my opinion. And they're going to continue to be the best team in baseball unless somebody stops them. Got a series coming up on the Pirates. They should make quick work of them and continue to be moving forward in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, this team's unfair. They've been doing all this, especially the pitching side, without Freed. Freed in his first start back, uh, has six innings, three hits, eight strikeouts. I forgot to take him off my IL and put him in fantasy. Uh, tough there, but still got the win on the week. It's all right. Uh, Spencer Strider is one start, six and two-thirds, one earned run. Uh, did have a hit by pitch of two walks, but did get himself nine strikeouts. Got the win there. Yanni Chirios. Uh, made a start, had went five innings, three earned runs, five strikeouts there. Elder got hit around his last start, four and a third with five earned runs, seven runs scored, only five earned, two home runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Morton, like how you mentioned, hit or miss. Last outing, four and a third, five earned runs, a hit by pitch, four walks with to four strikeouts. Uh, bullpen has been good overall uh, this past week. 
Offensively, though, Kuna in 5.50, two stolen bags, three walks, three strikeouts, home run, triple, two doubles, six runs, six RBIs. Ozzy Albi had a home run, triple, three doubles, four runs, three RBIs, had a stolen base himself. Michael Harris hitting 4.12 at the ball, hitting in the nine hole is really, as just commands a lot of attention. I mean, hitting nine hole, hitting 4.12 this past week, had two home runs, two doubles, one double, six runs, uh, six RBIs. And Matt also had three home runs, eight RBIs this past week. And Austin Riley joined the party having two home runs and four RBIs for himself. The Red Sox are 57 and 54, 3 and 7 in their last 10. Had a three game set at Seattle where they lost 2 out of 3, and then they got swept by the Blue Jays. So disappointing for the Red Sox. Red Sox are currently sitting five games out of the AL wild card, a half game behind the Yankees. So need to make some things happen. They're getting Trevor Story back, which can lead to the success down the line. But at the end of the day, their pitching's definitely got to be better. Their bats have to be better. Chris Murphy, a rough start. Two and a third, six earned runs yesterday. That was obviously rough for the Red Sox. Rotation's been consistent, in my opinion, throughout the season as far as guys like Bello and whatnot. James Paxton, a little bit of a rough start in his last one, five innings, nine hits, four and runs, two walks. So they need to find ways to get back in that winning race and having good success starting from the rotation. It is nice to get guys like Trevor Story back into the lineup, uh, Verdugo, having uh, Justin Turner as well. So there's just a good kind of roster build, but they are sitting fifth in the AL East as we had kind of said earlier in the season just because how good that division is but there's still opportunity for them to make a wild card push they didn't really buy they didn't really sell the trade deadline so have opportunity to just kind of continue rolling with the team got a big series not necessarily a big series but a big couple series coming up against the royals detroit and washington all games they should really do well on and continue to get in the mix of the wild card yeah definitely brian bellow uh, has probably been one of the best pitcher all year, um, at least most consistent pitcher. James Pax- Paxton is up there, uh, but he did miss some time early on. Bello went six innings, four earned, seven strikeouts. Cutter Crawford may start five innings, uh, no earned, five strikeouts. Uh, Paxton uh, went five innings, three earned, three home runs. Four, sorry, four earned, three home runs, four strikeouts there. Just overall, it's been an interesting uh, season. I mean, there's times where this team, we thought they were going to be buyers, then going towards the deadline, they were talking about potentially trading for Dugo and guys like that, and then they decided not to. Uh, Yazo Takamashita this past week came 350, uh, three doubles, two runs, uh, one RBI. Jaron Duran keeps on tearing you up. Uh, he's only hitting 227, no walks, but did have two home runs, a double, four RBIs, three runs. I believe Duran also has almost 30 doubles already. Uh, and he's barely played, it feels like. Uh, Verdugo hitting 357, had a home run, two RBIs run for himself. Devers had a home run, same with Cassis, Yu Ching, and, du- and Duval. The Guardians are 54 and 58, three and seven in their last 10. Had a three game set at Houston where they got no hit and also got swept in that series. Then they had a three game set versus the White Sox. And they won the one game, but the biggest thing coming from the Guardians this week was obviously the Ramirez-Anderson fight like we had talked about. For the Guardians, they seem to be out of it. The only chance of making it is winning the AL Central, which is still a possibility. They did pick up Ramon Laureano, who was released by Oakland earlier. So having some more backup, I guess you could say, or have a quality player there in the outfield for them. Pitching's been solid. Beaver's obviously been out. They've had some issues internally. Josh Naylor is now in the I.O. with an oblique strain. So having some struggles as a whole has been their biggest flaw. But this is a Guardians team that can be a 500 team and, and make the postseason. They just kind of continue clicking all the right pieces and, and find ways to have success. They traded Savali. Obviously mentioned Bieber's out. 
Class A has been up and down, probably more down compared to where he's been in his career too. So it's been an interesting year for the Guardians to say the least, but they're still technically in it, especially in the AL Central. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this entire division, everyone's in it. Uh, but overall, pitching's been solid. Logan Allen with six innings, two earned, five strikeouts. Did have four walks. Uh, Noah Syndergaard got hit around five, for five earned, four home runs, a hit by pitch, three strikeouts uh, in six innings. Tyler Bibby, uh, guy who's been really consistent all year, five innings, two earned runs, a home run, four walks to four strikeouts. Gavin Williams got a loss uh, going five innings, two earned runs, and with four walks to six strikeouts. Bullpen's been solid. Uh, I believe Class A, yeah, he did get a loss at three runs against three runs scored, none earned. Uh, in one of his two outings, to get saved in the other one. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the fight that happened between Anderson and J Ram. J Ram got a three game suspension. Class A got one game suspension from that uh, for what happened. Uh, just overall, this offense it needs some help. I mean, they are the small ball team. Oscar Gonzalez is hitting three fifty three. Did have a triple, two runs. Andres Jimenez had a home run, three doubles for himself. Outside of that, on the week, there's only been two home runs. Uh, I believe with first base open uh, right now, it was, I believe that they should call up uh, Kyle Manzardo, the prospect they got in the Aaron Savali trade. I could see him making his debut this year, and I believe that he could win rookie of the year next year. He's that talented. The Colorado Rockies are 44-67, and 4-6 and six in their last 10. Had a three-game set versus the Slam Diego Padres where they lost 2-3. to three. Then they won 2-3 at St. Louis. There isn't much going around for the Rockies as far as a whole because the Rockies basically traded everybody on their roster that had any you know success. Gritchick, Hand, guys like that, CJ Crone. Austin Gomber did go six innings yesterday, though, in the 1-0 victory. Six hits, zero in runs, two Ks, two walks. So good pitching performance there. They recently reinstated, uh, reinstated excuse me, Brendan Rodgers from the 60-day IL. And Chris Flexen. I got the win against the Cardinals. Five innings, 10 hits, three on runs, though, 2K. So good performances there by some Rockies pitching. Had a pretty solid week as far as the Rockies are concerned. 500, I think you can definitely be uh, happy with that. But all in all, pretty good day to be a Rockies fan. A pretty good week to be a Rockies fan. And just like I said, rebuilding for the future and trying to get back to the prominent ways. Yeah, definitely building for the future. I mean, Gomber, you mentioned, with six innings, no earn. Had three walks to two strikeouts. Flexen got hit around. Ty Block, uh, if you're a Giants fan, that name definitely sounds a lot more familiar uh, being a Giant, but he's there with Rockies. Uh, four earned runs against him in four and two-thirds. Just overall, no big-name pitchers or really any pitchers of notice. Uh, Kyle Freeland, six innings, four earned, three home runs against him. Uh, really, Gomber had the best week out of anyone, uh, bullpen or starter. Then offensively, Elias Diaz, came 333, had two RBIs, three uh, doubles this past week in four games. Brenton Doyle's been solid, uh, having three had three doubles, three runs, a stolen base, hitting 333. Nolan Jones, uh, hitting 353, had five walks, five strikeouts, three RBIs, two doubles, two runs. Uh, Jerks and Profar hitting 333. Brendan Rogers, uh, coming back from being injured in four games, hitting 235, had a two two RBIs, one walk, five runs. Just overall, this team, they're trying, they're trying to get younger, and you can see that with having Jones, McMahon, Rogers, Ezekiel Tovar in this lineup. They're definitely building for the future. 
The Tigers are 49 and 62, 3 and 7 in their last 10 games. For the Tigers, it's been a disappointing year. Everybody knows that. They're looking to kind of build for the future and have more successes down the line. As far as successes the past week, didn't have too much. They split the two game set at Pittsburgh 1 1. They also lost 2 out of 3 versus the Rays. But again, this is a team that isn't necessarily known for having quote unquote success, although they did earlier on in the season. Erod vetoed a trade to the Dodgers and his first start since doing that. Went six innings, seven hits, two runs, five Ks, one walk, got the win there. Drops his ERA to 2.96. Good success from there. For the Tigers as a whole, it's just been disappointing throughout the season. Everyone knows that. Tariq Scoble has started to make progress in the right direction. Five and a third, six hits, no one runs, uh, six Ks and a walk in his last start as well. So for the Tigers, they're not going to blow you away with offensive production. They're not going to blow you away with pitching. They seem to be a little bit worse than they at least started the season. So I think there is a lot of opportunity for, to grow, especially with guys like Scoble, Green, and a lot of guys are building up. So we'll see what can happen down the line. But it's been a disappointing year, but a disappointing-ish week, but kind of what you expect as a Tigers fan. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Tigers expected, especially the fans, to be anywhere else where they are right now. Uh, Matt Manning, his last two outings, even though he's had a solid year overall, uh, 11 two-thirds, 10 earned runs, three home runs, one hit by pitch, one walk, nine strikeouts, being 2-0 and with a 7-7-1 ERA. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, like you mentioned, six innings, two earned, five strikeouts, got the win there. He was, like you mentioned also, yeah, he vetoed the trade to the Dodgers. He wanted to stay more on the West Coast with his family. Uh, Tariq Skubal went five and a third, one run scored, not earned, six strikeouts. Uh, Reese Olsen got hit around four earned and five innings with three walks to three strikeouts. Again, they're doing a lot of this without Casey Mize and a lot of these other uh, younger prospects, pitching prospects that they've been developing and had in their minors throughout these years. Uh, on the offense side, Kerry Carpenter uh, is hitting 353, had a home run, two RBIs, a double, four runs himself. Matt Verling has been solid. Akil Badu hitting 400, the home run, two doubles, two RBIs, three runs. Uh, Miggy's hitting 300 in his last 10 at-bats, had a double and a run. That's that's all. Riley Green has cooled off since coming back, uh, only hitting 150. Did have a home run, a double, one run, one RBI. Jake Rogers had a home run and five RBIs. Torkelson's cooled down since that hot streak he went on, uh, I believe, the last couple of weeks in 176. The Oakland Athletics, the worst team in baseball, 32-80, and 4-6 and six in their last 10. Got swept at L.A. and won both games against the Giants. I know you're really thrilled about that one. Uh, in the Giants series, won 2-1 to one, as well as 8-6 to six for them. Those were two wins that definitely hurt the Giants and probably your soul in existence because I've been there before. But all in all, just some low, close games, late at game affairs for the Athletics. But other than that, it's just been a pretty stalemated season. Obviously, at L.A., you would expect them to get swept because L.A. has been struggling and they're just a very good team. Hogan Harris did pick up the loss against the Dodgers, going three innings, giving up eight earned runs, and a 10-1 loss against the Dodgers. They also lost 3-7 to seven against the Dodgers. Ken Waldachuk gets the loss, three and two-thirds, four and runs. It's just been a disappointing year for the Athletics. There's literally nothing going on for them other than winning two games against the Giants. Yeah, I mean, that was tough for me to watch, uh, watching that, losing to the worst team in baseball. Paul Blackburn had a really good game, going six innings. Uh, no earned runs, only two hits, three walks to seven strikeouts. J.P. Spears has been solid uh, his last few starts. He went five innings, two earned. Did have two five pitches and three walks, so some control issues there. Had five strikeouts. K. 
Ken Waldachuk's uh, gone back to what we've seen before. Three and two-thirds, four earned runs off of one hit. Uh, one hit by pitch, three walks to five strikeouts in three and two-thirds innings. Uh, of course, the A's wanted to pitch amazing once they played the Giants. I don't know what it was that made them do that, but that's what happened. Zach Geloff recently, his last five games, hitting 389 with a stolen base, two home runs, two RBIs, one double, four runs. Uh, Nick Allen's uh, hitting 400. Seth Brown hitting 375 with a triple and a double. Uh, Nick Allen did have two home runs also. Shailene Galeers had a home run, three RBIs. Jordan Diaz, uh, two home runs for himself. Brent Rooker had a home run. Uh, he's definitely cooled off his recent. Uh, Estre Ruiz is back. Uh, so far in two games, uh, he's uh, in 250 and already has stolen bag. Your San Francisco Giants are 61 to 51, six and four in their last 10, won three out of four against the Diamondbacks and lost two games against the Athletics. Logan Webb had a really good start against the Diamondbacks, going seven innings, four hits, two in runs, five Ks, one walk. He's set a 9-9 record, 3.45 year, right? He's had a really solid year for the Giants. Sticking on the pitching side, looks like DeSiglifani is done for the year. That's definitely a major blow. I like the way that the Giants pitch, at least as a whole. I see a lot of guys kind of openers, quote-unquote, having some guys have some depth. Manaya starts as well as long relief outings in the bullpen. So Giants right now are sitting at the top of the wild card for the NL, which is kind of crazy to think about because you think of teams like the Phillies, the Dimebacks, and the Marlins, for example, that can be competing. But Giants are tied with the Phillies right now for the number one wild card spot. Biggest thing for them is consistency and having success. I mean, obviously losing those two games against we get as well. So I guess this is more your team, so you know more about them as a whole, but they seem to be doing enough to kind of continue to compete in that wild card race. Yeah, I mean, the Giants, I mean, they have their traditional starters like Cobb, Disclo before he got injured, uh, Logan Webb, uh, same with Ross Stripling. But they do have those starter roles. Uh, Tristan Beck will do that sometimes. Ryan Walker, you see it more often. Then Manaya will come in. I mean, just overall this past week, I mean, outside of the uh, A's series, the Giants were good. Webb, in his last outing, seven innings, two earned, five strikeouts. It got the win there. Alex Cobb got hit around in his two starts. But 11 and a third, eight earned runs, five home runs with seven strikeouts. Stripling had a good start, five and a third, only one earned run off a home run, seven strikeouts there. Tristan Beck, who's been solid all year. Um, and again, he's one of those guys like Ryan Walker, where he'll be a starter. Uh, he'll make a start, and then it's more of a bullpen game. Uh, him and Walker have been solid all year. Uh, Beck got a win there, going four innings uh, with three strikeouts. Ryan Walker, one and one uh, with one earned run, two walks, no strikeouts there. Manaya uh, came in and got a save uh, in, in one of his outings. He had three outings, three innings, three strikeouts. Camille Duvall is two for two this week on saves. I believe he is still the save leader in the MLB. Uh, just overall, it's been a weird season. I mean, they got guys performing. They got younger guys. They sent down Casey Schmidt. He's been struggling as a recent. Uh, Matos is still up. Marco Luciano is still up, but he hasn't played a lot. Patrick Bailey's been a lot there. He's probably one of the best defensive catcher, if not the best defensive catcher in the league right now. The Nationals are 49 and 63, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Had a three game set versus Milwaukee where they took two out of three and won all three against Cincinnati on the road. Their one loss was Josiah Gray, three and two, three and two thirds, five earned runs. Joan Adon, I believe that's how you say his name correctly, had a perfect game, I believe, in the fifth or through five innings, but he finished his day relatively solid. 
for the Nationals as far as having production and having success. I believe he went six innings, um, had a good start there. For the Nationals, it's the same old, same old. They had a good week, something to cheer about there, but again, not competing for much. They're supposed to have a game today against the Phillies. That got rained out. Looking forward to, I guess, the future. They did recall Jeter Downs, uh, which is a player that you know could definitely make an impact in the infielder side of things. And the biggest thing, they traded their best player, or one of the better players, in Yamir Candelario. So really looking for the return on that and just rebuilding their team as a whole. Guys like Gore and Josiah Gray, although Josiah Gray did get roughed up, has had a pretty solid season. So they look to be heading in the right direction. They're just getting a lot of pieces to be really dominant four or five years' time. Yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Gordon's last start went six innings, two earned, one home run, five strikeouts there. Josiah Gray went three and two-thirds, five earned, three runs, or three walks, three strikeouts, got a loss. Uh, Juan uh, Adon, he went five innings uh, perfect, and then into the sixth, he allowed three earned runs off three hits, uh, a home run. He did have seven strikeouts, so it was overall a really good start there. Uh, Patrick Corbin, six and a third, three earned runs off three home runs. Uh, two strikeouts. So, like this team, they were just building for the future. Abrams, since hitting a leadoff, has been really good. Uh, this past weekend, 304, no walks, but does have two stolen bases, a home run, two doubles, three RBIs, three runs. Lane Thomas still keeps on hitting. Uh, hitting 333, two stolen bags. Does have eight strikeouts, but has three home runs, eight RBIs, two doubles, six runs. And so, Germanesis has been hitting for a lot less average, but still having a decent amount of home runs. This team as a whole, though, only has five home runs, and it all comes from Abrams, Lane, and uh, Manessis. The Rays are 68-46, and 6-4 and four in their last 10. One, two out of three at the Yankees, and one, two out of three at Detroit. Up and down week. I mean, pitching performances, Aaron Savali didn't pitch great against the Tigers. Shane McClanahan didn't pitch great against the Yankees. He also returned to the IL, experiencing some tightness. Zach Littell had a good game. For the Rays, I mean, they're just they're doing better than where they're at. I believe they won four out of six games this week, which is a positive step compared to where they were at. They're still second in the AL East. They're not too far behind the Orioles. I believe only two, two and a half games back. And obviously competing for a wild card spot, the number one wild card team in the AL. And they're kind of moving forward in the right direction. But again, the biggest thing for them is health. Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, good weeks on the offensive side. But making sure Shane Max healthy, not necessarily for September, but October is going to be huge for the race to have, you know, a vast majority of success down the line, but they're still a really good team and every team goes through their rough patches and, and, and starting points. And I think they went through their rough patch this season and they just kind of find ways to continue to develop and have more success as time goes on. Yeah. I mean, the pitching staff's been great all year. Zach Eflin is start six innings, three hits, five strikeouts, getting the win there. Zach Lytle, he's a big guy who's been more of an opener for the team, but did go five innings – or, sorry, six innings in his last start. Got a win there. Three hits, one walk, one strikeout. Uh, Sean Armstrong got hit around four in his th- three outings, uh, only going four and a third with two earned runs, four strikeouts there. Savale uh, making his season debut with the Rays since coming over, three earned runs and four and a third with four Ks. Shay Mack, like you mentioned, back on the IL, uh, went four innings, had five run runs with two home runs. So I don't know what it is. It's I know it's back tightness, but it's one of those things where I don't know if the race should just keep them on the IO just a little bit longer this time than they have been before. Because it seems like the back tightness keeps on uh, flaring up. So maybe one of those things that's just better to keep them on the IO just a little bit longer than what uh, is recommended and may help out. Wander Franco has definitely turned it around. Uh, he went really cold uh, for about two, three weeks. 
Uh, but this last week came 381, two home runs, four RBIs, uh, four runs. Yandy Diaz had two home runs for himself. Again, another one of those uh, teams where they're not a small ball team, but it doesn't seem like they're uh, hitting as many home runs of recent. They have, I want to say, seven home runs this past week uh, compared to before where they were hitting home runs every other day. They also called up one of their top prospects, uh, second baseman Curtis Mead. So far in three games, hitting 125, a walk, five strikeouts, only one hit, and one for eight. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Stay on the lookout, too. We're currently in the middle of our 32 teams and 32-day series for the NFL. Daily podcast for the next 32 days there. As well as make sure you guys are subscribed to The Truth. If you are subscribed, you get exclusive episodes, podcast episodes, including betting information, and everything you need to get your day started. On top of that, we're going to be releasing merch very soon, so take a look on the Twitter there uh, to buy your merch and be entered into the giveaway. Other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.